You can work really hard in mm. your job and you get a promotion. You can work really hard at uni and you get a good mark. You can work your ass off in the gym. You can eat as like the cleanest side in the whole world and you still don't have control over how successful you're going to be yeah. as a model because if you do not look a certain way, you will not succeed. For me, it's been the best stepping stone ever in my life. It's got me to where I am today. I still enjoy it to this day, but it's absolutely put me through some really tough times in my life too. So it's just about being aware of all that mm, stuff. Yeah. I'd get changed like 20 times a day. I was so embarrassed when I went to castings. I would just continuously be like, why am I here? Looking at all the other girls, continuously comparing myself to them. You know, I was exercising and eating right for all the wrong reasons. Mm. Like there's no weight or body that you're going to get to that's going to make you happy and solve problems. Exactly. And I think that we sometimes think and sometimes social media kind of makes us think that it will solve problems for us, but it just creates more, I suppose. Mm. Your balance, as people call it, is is off balance. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> yes. like, yeah. And there is never going to be a perfect balance. You'll find that when you're spending too much in the time in the gym, you're probably not seeing your friends as much. Yeah, you find exactly. that if you're spending time too much time with your friends, you're probably not eating as well as you should be. <laughs> like, you know, so it's about finding the balance that works for you and knowing that it's not always going to stay the same. You know, you're yeah, going to go through busy periods or you're going to go through really quiet periods mm. where you have all the time in the world and you still <laughs> and might not like get stuff ass. done. <laughs> all that, yeah. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfillment along the way. Hello, beautiful people. I hope you had an incredible Christmas. And even if you didn't celebrate Christmas or if you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you did still have an amazing time with friends and family. I think it's very hard not to get caught up in all the festivities and there's so much joy and excitement around. And it's a really nice time to just reflect on the year you've had any highs, any lows. So regardless of what you celebrate, I hope you have had an amazing couple of days and amazing weeks since our last episode. This episode has been a little delayed after a technical glitch destroyed the first recording, but it actually worked out really well because the second time around was even bigger and better and was also, I was going to say it was conveniently timed to be a Christmas bonus episode, but I've actually had such a nice time putting my laptop and phone away just for the family time that it didn't get done for Christmas, but here it is for Boxing Day. (laughs) And the timing conveniently meant that the second round was after both of our guests today got engaged, not to each other. But to their partners. So today's episode 15 is with the amazing Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw. And if you haven't heard of this dynamic duo before, Steph and Laura are passionate advocates for instilling confidence in young women and are helping thousands of girls around the world with their booming business, Keep It Cleaner, that has a fitness and nutrition app, a delicious grocery range, an inspiring blog, and community events throughout the year. Both Steph and Laura started out as successful international models and have opened openly shared their experiences and challenges in the modeling industry, finding body confidence, navigating the complex relationship with food as your bodies grow and you change through puberty and into your 20s, and building resilience to inspire other young women on their own journeys. 
And if that weren't enough, Steph also co-owns Soda Shades and Midnight Co., as well as continuing her career as a sought-after model and brand ambassador for the likes of Bondi Sands, Bras and Things, and more, leveraging her over a million followers. Laura is also completing her law and business degree, just casually on the side, and has some epic brand ambassadorships of her own, particularly as the face of Jagged Activewear. Still only in their early 20s, they have both been incredibly smart about their success and also own houses, and as mentioned, are now planning for their weddings. They've also just released their first book, A Girl's Guide to Kicking Goals, which shows just how down-to-earth and real they both are and shares such important messages about confidence, positivity, and balance. I loved chatting with these two so much that we went over an hour and a half, but consider it a little festive bonus episode, and I do hope you enjoy all the extra little goodies about the engagement. Darling Steph and Laura, we are back for the second time. Thank you so much for being so patient to everyone out there. We had a little technical issue with the memory card, lost everything. So I've had to do this interview again, but the most exciting part of it is that since then, both Steph and Laura have gotten engaged. (laughs) So now we get to talk about that. Tell us about about it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I got engaged only days after we caught up and recorded the first podcast. It was the Um, best. The girls were saying, you know, the boys have planned this amazing weekend away (laughs) just for us to relax because we work so hard. Uh, Little did we know that Laura in her head was like, and they're going to get engaged. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea. And I think I, I honestly didn't have any idea until I got out of the car up the farm. And Laura and Dalt drove off on me. I was like, okay, why aren't you guys saying hi to Josh? This is weird. (laughs) It's weird enough that he's here. He's not meant to be here. Um, So, yeah, it was a really, really magical weekend. He invited all my friends and family up there and they stayed up the whole weekend and we just kind of had a weekend. I still switched off and had that really nice weekend away with Laura, but with everyone else as well. (laughs) Um, But it was the best. It was just, and and Laura knows now, it's such an incredible feeling. I just felt like I was floating and like nothing was going to worry me and it was just, it was the best weekend ever and it was, um, it's nice that I have the whole weekend to kind of look back on and um, he had we had a really close friend take photos and videos for us, so it's really nice to be able to look back at those two. Yeah, the video and he was got a beautiful. popcorn machine. Oh, I <laughs> saw that. <laughs> so sweet because it's Steph's favorite. He went and picked we have up to a popcorn, popcorn machine. machine that was so sweet on Saturday night, and had like we had like a movie night. Mm. It was so nice. Mm. That looked so cute. It was like Moonlight Cinema with the bean was, bags. Yeah, and- <laughs> he did really well. He really thought out the whole weekend. So, props to Josh. And then the pressure was on for Dull. Oh, my God. And that's why when it happened, it was on my birthday on Friday, I was not expecting it. Because Steph just got engaged, I was like, okay, I will get engaged in like a year. Or... <laughs> we were talking about it. Everyone you was like, oh, in the office. You... you were like, no, no, no. He can't do it soon. It's your time. <laughs> it's your time. <laughs> oh, God. Literally. So I had absolutely no idea. And Steph um, took me out for lunch on Friday, which was so lovely for my birthday. And then oh. Dalton actually told her while I was in the bathroom. Yeah, I could have killed him. Seriously. You didn't she, know until that day. No. <gasps> so he, apparently he tried to tell me like a couple of days before or something, but he wanted to tell me in person, which is fair enough. Yeah. And we were out for lunch. And as Laura said, she went off to the bathroom. And I was asking him where he was taking her because I knew she was going away and she didn't know where she was going. So I was like, okay, just like spill the secret. Where's she going? <laughs> um, and he was actually taking her to the winery that I was supposedly going to for my weekend away. So as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, that's funny. And then he showed me his phone and there was this video of this ring. And I just <gasps> looked up from the table and I was like, tonight, <laughs> tonight. And then I just threw the phone back at him because all I was picturing was Laura like, Dying in 10 <laughs> seconds later and being like, oh, oh, hello. 
So I was like, why are you showing me this now? Like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm going to just like... Anyway, I somehow pulled it together. I can't um, believe you went bawling. Oh, I was so... I just stared at her for the rest of the thing. Just like, you're going to have the best night ever. And then um, as soon as we say goodbye and we got into the car in the car park, I literally was just like... <laughs> well, now you know how Laura felt knowing oh my what God. was going for you. I was staring the whole way down. I was just staring at Steph's hand. Like, this is going to oh. be the last time there's no ring on it, which is kind of weird. But I was like, oh, my God, she doesn't even know. But I know. And it's it's never going to be ring for again yeah. <laughs> it's funny because like we've had you know there's with social media obviously we've both yeah. shared our stories and what's happened and it's funny seeing people's reactions to it because obviously the majority of people are just happy for us both so yeah nice. which is so lovely and for us we just see it as like the best ending to a great year but then there's always obviously those <laughs> negative nancies or those people who just like need to make a fuss out of something um people <laughs> have been mentioning like bride wars or that like Copycat, like all copycats. Just ridiculous stuff. There was an article that was like, Bride Wars. Yeah. Laura and Dalton copied Steph or something. That was so funny. It's quite funny to read it. Um, I did read that one this morning. Yeah, because I was Googling it to see, (laughs) like, so we could talk about, you know, what the response had been. And there was so much positivity in the news, really. And so much excitement. And then this just like random article that had every photo that you guys had posted, like, next to each other and accused of copying each other and, like, blah, blah, blah. Is this the the cracks in their relationship showing? (laughs) And the funniest thing was that they put the captions and, like, your caption Mm. that you did on Saturday night, mm. which was so, was so sweet mm. about how we're so excited to be engaged together. And so it was like all this negativity. And then they'd quote what Steph said, which was sweet. so positive. <laughs> and it just made no sense because they just kept going anyway, whatever. It's just, we're happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're happy. And the other thing is, is it's just that time. Like, you know, we're both um, kind of in that position in our lives and in our relationships where these kind of things happen. So... I don't think it's weird and I've, I bet a lot of people have already come up saying like it's not uncommon, you know, I got engaged three months between my best friend and then we got married three months, you know, like mm. I feel like all that sort of stuff generally happens around the same time and I just think it worked out really well mm. for us because with Dolt, as I said earlier, Laura was distracted by her birthday so mm. it was possibly the best time for him to do it and the fact that <laughs> she didn't think it was going to happen because of mine was probably even more so yeah. to the point. So I don't think... Yeah, I mean, for everyone out there who's thinking about it in a weird way like that, neither of us think like that has it crossed <laughs> our minds whatsoever. Um, it's just I also been think it's like such a nice testament to your relationship, which is different to anyone else. Like they just are assuming it's two people who are just friends who got engaged. Yeah. yeah, which is like normal relationships might have that kind of vibe, mm. but you guys are so close in work and in your personal lives that to be able to celebrate something at the same time, <laughs> so good. That's actually yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you're both like, I mean, you stay in this little, people who haven't been engaged yet, you don't understand yet, you'll know <laughs> that you bubble. go into this bubble. Yes. Yeah. And you just feel like this whole new element of emotion that you never felt before. And yeah. then it's so surreal. Yeah. And to not like be able to share that with your best friend and yeah. you, the four of you are so close. Like the boys yeah. are obviously yeah. kind yeah. of ran it by yeah. each other. It's not like anyone just dropped it no, on you. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's so, so sweet. And so yours was at a winery, Laura? At a winery, yes. I saw there was like some underground. Oh, it was so, yeah, nice. so nice. So after he proposed to me, he's like, oh, we're going to the art gallery. It was like, oh, that's random. I can't believe like, he kept trying to surprise you. Like, I know. After the engagement, I was like, why didn't he just say, I know, I don't know why. <laughs> 
Um, and so we, we get to the art gallery in the winery and then we walk, like I went to, it was like a pathway, um, which went down to the cellar and it was all like, there was candles lit the whole way down. It was like 200 meters of candles. Oh. Like it was just dark with the candles along the, um, the edges. And then we got there and there was like a beautiful table, like that was lit for us to have dinner. And it was so sweet. And the oh. white, the people from the winery helped Dalton so much. Like they were all lighting all the candles. Oh it took them gosh. so long to light it and organizing them. And yeah, it was really, really, really sweet. That is so It was sweet. nice to have dinner together after that. Like we were mm. just in this happy bubble it's yeah. just crazy and like yeah. nothing never feels so untouchable it's exactly like, oh it's just us two mm. exactly exactly oh. well okay so i have a question because dalt was actually thanking all the people who helped him along the way yes. on instagram <laughs> and particularly lana yes and you happened to be in one day bridal and i was like how the frick did he get you in a one day bridal dress <laughs> without you like thinking about it well did he <clears> tell <throat> you to put it on no well what happened was so i asked Austin to get something from my car my jacket and oh. from the car and because it was my birthday and I never want to go out to the car I was like don't can you get my jacket from the car <laughs> anyway I actually spilt coffee on myself on the way Classic up, literally I but I spilt it so bad I spun my coffee around like 360 oh, so it just clever. like went everywhere anyway so I had coffee all over myself so I was getting unchanged and I was in my undies and the door was knocked anyway it was someone knocked at the door and so I was like oh who is it and um it wasn't Dalton and I was like Oh, and like hi. I grabbed a blanket, put it on. Anyway, I was like, oh yeah, hi. And this lovely girl, um, who she's actually a kit girl, Shay, she was at the door and she worked at the um the winery and she was like, Oh, I'm here to help you get dressed. Oh. And I was like, um, I'm wearing jeans. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm fine. And she was like, Oh no, Dalton sent me and she was so nervous, I think, because obviously she knew and she didn't she wasn't she gonna tell it. me. And anyway, she was like, Dalton sent me to get you dressed and I was like, What are you talking about? Anyway, and then she I think she wanted to distract me by like talking about keep it cleaner and everything, oh which is really gosh. sweet. But then she pulled she's like, I need to help you get dressed and she pulled out a one day bridal bag from the closet that Dalton had driven up the day <laughs> <Yeah>. before. <gasps> And that's when I was like, oh my God, maybe this is what's yes. happening. I still wasn't, I still was honestly like, he you never would not do be. it. You no. never want to be like, he's exactly. going to do it. Yes. Exactly. Because what if he doesn't? So yeah. And then you're just like in a I dress crying. I see this dress. And it was, it's the most beautiful dress I've ever seen in my oh, life. Stunning. Like I love literally. Her. And it's so funny. The night before we were on the couch and he showed me, he was on one day about Instagram and he said it was because he was like looking for inspo for something <laughs> with his work. I was like, okay. And sure. he showed me this, the dress that I wore and he's like, oh my God, this is beautiful. I'm like, oh, but I'll never get to wear anything like that because like it's not you know it's not a wedding dress and like it's so beautiful it's so glamorous like where would I ever wear that like it's so beautiful but like you know anyway so I got to wear it and I was putting it on and it was so tight like in my um because it didn't stretch it took me literally five minutes to get each arm on and I was like but in my head I'm like no I have to wear this I have to wear this Dalton's organized it like can you imagine anyway and so I got it on um and then Shay was like oh here's shoes for you and I was like, shoes? And they were, they were Lana's shoes, yeah. which is very sweet. Um, Lana's actual shoes. And so they were worn shoes. Oh. So I was like, and they weren't mine. And so I you was were like, like, what is whose going on? shoes are these? Like, who's worn them before? Like, whose are these shoes? And I'm I really so confused. I know. I, the poor thing. I was literally giving her a Spanish Inquisition. I was like, but what are we doing? You know, don't you? You know, what are we going? <laughs> anyway, so she ended up leaving the room. Um, and then she came back and she's like, I just have to sit with you. We just have to wait for a bit. I was like, okay. Oh, 
the pressure um, on her. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that's how I got into it. So it was people were writing like, "Oh my god, it was so, it was so staged, staged, blah blah." Yeah. But I had no idea, and I had I was literally saying to her, "I'm like, I," and we got in the elevator, and this is like people were looking at me like, "What are you wearing?" And I was like, in my, like giving them back eyes, like I don't know what I'm wearing, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know, I've never worn something this dressy before. And I was saying to show like, "Is the restaurant really dressy? Like, why would I be wearing this? Is this what people wear?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, Delson just wanted you to feel beautiful on your birthday." Oh. Yes. So Gosh, Lana so funny. style, and it's really cool because I've never been able to work with Lana before. So it was the first really? time I got oh. to work with her, and she indirectly like, chose indirectly. the perfect dress that I she fitted it herself, which was really yeah. Sweet. I heard she like, put it on her shoes, and because I couldn't try it on, so yeah, that it was really so sweet. sweet. I love though how everyone's like it was so staged yeah. because they both knelt in the same way. I'm like, how else, how else do you yeah. propose? Like there is no other position. I thought that was really funny. Like, yeah. I don't understand. And then the Girls got down on the ground. Every girl gets down on yeah, the ground and like gives their partner you, a hug. You like, morons. Oh. <laughs> You're just going to leave them down there. Like, yes, you stay down there. Yes, just, just stay. I will watch you from up here. <laughs> so All right. So that was so exciting. I'm so glad we what got to. Start. Yeah, I know. I'm so glad we actually got to talk about that because that is so exciting. And I kind of wish we had a snippet of both of you talking about it not knowing oh my god that would have been amazing I was, that was so funny though when Steph was like oh we're going to this winery and I was like oh my god ha, 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 ha. you were so good I had no idea you were like the boys just really yeah. want us to relax <laughs> I think because Steph believed it so much and because we we how long before did they give it to us six weeks before or something maybe a month and because oh. we'd spoken about it quite a bit I was like, like believing the story believe literally I think that's yeah. why I stayed so calm <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I reckon. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, usually I would start with asking everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about <laughs> them. I kind of feel like everyone's already heard how down-to-earth you guys are. <laughs> so maybe you can answer it for each other. What is – I mean, you guys are so amazing at showing your real selves. Like everything you do with Keep It Cleaner is about that, is showing that you can do full glam and be, you know, super successful <laughs> businesswomen and international models, but you can also just be like the girl next door who are obviously just such good friends such good people really family orientated but for everyone else who hasn't come across you yet Mm. it could be quite intimidating from the outside so what's one super down to a thing about the other person well Laura (laughs) um aside from being one of the most selfless person ever to come across I've ever come across in my life um she treats everyone exactly the same so that's one thing that I personally love about her and that I think Everyone who meets her would agree. Um, whether you're a kick girl or a, a, like a random person that we're meeting for the first time on the street or um, a famous person, anyone, she'll say hello and, and give you the time of day. Um, yeah, just like, like anybody else. It's, it's, really, it's really nice. And, you know, she does so well and she's really killed it. And um, she's a great, like, personality and, and everything. I the room. I feel so uncomfortable. No, but like she – well, that's what I mean. So, like, you know, she, she has confidence. Like, there's no doubt about it. But um, at the same time, she's, she's not vain in any way and she will never put herself above anyone else. And I would say, I suppose, a realist thing about Steph. I think out of anyone, and this is what I was thinking last night. Steph put up a post last night. Um, literally, she was looking for the Daily Mail article, the funny one that she hadn't read about our oh, about wedding our proposal, yeah. and she found one about her that had just photos. Like, obviously, they always take the most unflattering photos in the worst light, and 
and she started saving the photos and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm going to post it because like, I just want people to see this mm. side of me. And Steph does that all the time. And I think, like, I mean, a lot of people do it now and it's amazing, but Steph, I don't know many people with the amount of followers and the kind of modeling career that like Steph has that no one does that. Mm. Like no one in Steph's position behaves the way and is as responsible, I suppose, for all the young girls that are mm. following them as Steph is. Like with, it's true. Who? No one. It's true. No, no one, no one does that. And I think Steph like really puts herself out there. Um, and because also like Steph is such a big model as well, it's hard when you're a model because you, you can be like, it's hard with your confidence because sometimes like, because I don't model as much anymore, but at the time when I did, it was really hard because it's like, oh, you don't want a client to see you in bad light because Mm. they might not book you and might not think you're perfect. And there's most of the people that are as big as models of Steph kind of would never put out any bad image of themselves because they'd be scared that someone would see it and maybe not book them or whatever. But like Steph is so real and literally posts everything. And Mm. I think it's like a huge testament to her because for her position that she's in with the amount of followers, like nobody does that. Yeah, and there's so much more at stake as well. Like it's, it's all well and good for like, you know, me to do my bloops and whatever but I don't have my whole career at stake when well, I do same that with me. exactly yeah. like I don't so I'm like oh well I don't really get any modeling jobs anyway so. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> it doesn't matter um but yeah I think it's really cool that you do that stuff yeah no I want to leave the room <laughs> so cute. and 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 um Seb doesn't like washing Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, the house is a mess at the moment. Oh, my God, I love that no, you think this is messy. It's so clean. No, it's not. <laughs> but I actually, this one thing, I love washing, mm. um, but it's your no. biggest thing. No. Yep. No. I enjoy the sorting process. <laughs> I'm not a, I don't like washing. I really like folding, though. It's weird. Do you? See, I'm okay favorite. with washing. I'm okay with folding and putting it into piles. Not putting I'm it not away. I'm not okay with putting it away. Oh. Yeah, that's my problem. I will do everything up until the putting away part. I don't mind the putting away, but I don't like the washing part. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind folding. I reckon all swap and collaborate with our washing. We could do like yeah. a, a production line. <laughs> I think because I've never been in retail, the folding doesn't bother me because I've never like overdone it. Whereas anyone who's worked in clothing, I think they're like, I haven't oh my God, been folding. in retail and I don't like folding. See, I did <laughs> okay, do well, retail, I'll do your folding. <laughs> okay, so the first segment is called Way TA, which is pretty much just explaining everything before what people see now. So how you got there. And I think so many stories now on the outside seem like an overnight success, but they're always like a, an overnight success 20 years in the making. Mm, yeah, <laughs> So can you tell us about your young selves, like back at, at the school days, you know, I think it was Borondara Park Primary oh and East Ivanhoe. Oh my God, how do you know that? How did wow. you even, that is, oh my God, the book? I read is the book. It, well, thank you, Sarah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I just totally read it in there. That's so funny. So were you guys cool at school? Did you have jobs at Macca's? Like, you know, did yeah. you do normal teenage things or yeah. did your modeling careers start really early? Did you... Please tell me you went through awkward phases. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think everyone did. But it's actually funny because this came up in conversation the other day. We often do school chats and it's often with high schools and a lot of the older year levels. But we did have a chat to year sixes the other day, which was very different for us because wow. obviously we completely altered our chat towards them. And it was just really cute. They were all just excited about getting started with high school and just to see the confidence and everything in 
younger I mean obviously everyone's different and Mm. there's a lot of kids who don't have that confidence and all that sort of stuff of course but this group of girls were possibly the most confident and like Mm -hmm. just beautifully natured like they were just amazing and And wasn't it funny with the book like we spoke about they'd never heard of us any of them which is which was fun of course they're 16 sorry they're in grade six I was gonna say they went 16 we, (laughs) we spoke about you know our products in Coles and our program and then they were like oh yeah but then when we said we've written a book they were like oh my god that's the coolest thing ever how did you become authors so it's just so funny that like the questions we got from them was like what was your favorite sport in school yeah like just how how do you go about if your friends like don't want to play the sport you want to play like it was just really they were so sweet and all we just kept saying to them was like please hold on to your confidence and your innocence for as long as you can um but it did kind of take us back like as we left the school I said to Laura do you remember what you were like in primary school because I do I loved primary school Mm. um I remember being extremely sporty um and I loved the fact that I had an older brother in you know two two years above me because it made me feel like I was kind of welcome from the get-go and I was a captain and all that sort of stuff so I I was very confident as a kid um that started very early and kind of did drag on through high school as well and it was really only after high school when I started modeling when all that sort of changed but yeah you couldn't quite remember what you were like in primary school Mm could you (laughs) I just can't I can't remember I feel like my memory from that point has I remember some things that we did, but mm. I, I like sport, and so I remember from, yeah. from primary school. You both school. were sporty when you were mm. younger. Yeah. <laughs> and you were sports captain? Yeah, yeah. Or um, I was like Kuma captain in Burundara. That's Kuma. Um, blue. <laughs> and then I was like in the VRC in Southern High School. I think I just really liked being in like some sort of leadership position, mm. which I suppose is funny because it's now led to me wanting to run a business and all that sort of stuff. So I, I think that's always come with me. Not that I ever would have imagined <laughs> that I'd be doing what I do today. <laughs> and you worked at Boost? Yeah, I worked Brum- at Boost. Was Brumby's first? Baker's Delight. Baker's Delight. Oh, so oh, Baker's Delight was like, <laughs> wow, I can't believe you got that wrong. So we, I did that for... Um, I started when I was 14 and I worked there till I was 18. So that was my first job. Um, and it was great. It taught me so much, um, just customer service, but also just like speaking to strangers mm. and being comfortable and all that sort of stuff and worth it, ethic and everything. It was great. So I kind of, any teenagers, I, I like to try and motivate them to get a part-time job because I think you mm. learn so much when you do that outside of school. And then, yeah, I worked at Boost. I worked at Supray over Christmas at one point. <laughs> I worked at Osmosis over Christmas at one point. Yeah, I, I really liked working. And then when I was finished high school, I had kind of too many different directions I was interested in. Part mm-hmm. of me wanted to be a PE teacher because uh, I love kids. Um, another part of me wanted to be a photographer. The other part of me wanted to do something with animals. So I couldn't quite decide, but there was always this um, other side of me that really loved the idea of modeling and Mm. just trying out the industry. I did it for a couple of years when I was a kid and loved it. Something that goes back to my confidence of just, yeah, being happy to be on that side of the camera. But um, yeah, so I ended up taking a gap year and starting modeling. And at the time I was still working at Boost. (laughs) Yep. And then um, I quickly had to leave my job at Boost because I realized that the modeling industry is so spontaneous <laughs> and you kind of have to be able to be called up and told where you're working tomorrow. <laughs> so I, yeah, I started modeling full time and I was able to, I was getting enough regular clients that I was able to do that. And yeah, it kind of led me into meeting the people that I've met. One of those people being Laura. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely wouldn't be able to do what we do without meeting each other in the industry. Hmm. And then I, where did I work? I worked at Subway. I started as a sandwich artist. Don't tell everyone what you did. 
Don't give away Subway secrets. <laughs> yeah, I ate the frozen cookie dough. It was delicious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah, it was really good. So I started working there at Same as as soon as I could work. When I was 14 and nine months, um, I was there for about a year. Uh, I started on $6.70 an hour. <laughs> Yep. Killing it. I know. <laughs> um, and then I went and worked actually next door. There was pizza restaurant and they kind of came up and stole a few of my friends from Subway and said, you should come work here. So you got headhunted? Yeah, I got headhunted. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I went and worked at the pizza shop for, I was there for about five and a half years. Wow. So that was waitressing. That was great. I feel like you learn to mm. really work under pressure when you waitress. So totally. That was a great job. And then I also worked at a hospital in um, administration as a ward clerk, mm. Waringal in Heidelberg, um, for about five years. I think I did both the jobs for about two years and then I just worked at the hospital and started modelling. I actually was originally enrolled in dietetics was my first preference with uni, but then I got my ATAR back and I never thought I would get a score good enough to get into law. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do <laughs> law, which I mean, it's been really, really helpful. Mm. And it, I'm so I am really happy that I did it. But then I also kind of wish that I had a stayed with dietetics, yeah. which is what my gut wanted to do. And yeah. What my gut Your feeling gut was, literally, I should do like, it. Yeah, li- no. <laughs> my gut feeling was I wanted to do something in house. Anyway, so then I started my um, my uni degree. The first semester, I I really didn't like uni at all. I found it um, because the subjects are so broad. You would know when you started, like it's really. And I didn't do any legal studies in school, so I hadn't. I didn't know anything. I didn't even. I didn't know that the different types of courts. I didn't even know what a barrister was. <laughs> yeah, and me I'm in class with all these mature age students, and they know everything because a lot of them had worked in the industry and I was like this is so boring and I don't like it and and I was doing arts as well and they were really I chose like the easiest subjects that were really broad um and so I just felt really like there was no guidance with my uni so then I deferred a semester um and I worked waitress and worked at the hospital to save for a car and then I went back to uni full-time and when I went back I really liked it because I I think I really didn't like working in administration like I've wanted to work towards something and that wasn't for me and Mm. And by second um, year, you probably have a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. and I appreciate it a bit more. And, and also the subjects start getting a, a little bit more specialised so that it's really good. And then I started modelling, I think, around that time. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just did it. It was a great part-time job for me while I was at uni because um, I didn't have to work as many hours. So um, that was great. And, yeah, then I met Steph. Mm. And then we both went overseas and modelled. I went to Milan and for... F- how two or three months I think and I deferred uni and I started my house blog at that point um because I didn't know what to do at night so I thought that's what I would do um (laughs) and then Steph was in New York Hmm. that's amazing you guys actually started what I think from looking from the outside is quite late in the modeling industry like Mm. a lot of people start in their early early teens yeah I mean as I said I did it for like two years when I was eight yeah, um, you know, did that kid modeling. But as you mentioned before, there's that awkward stage that everyone goes through in high school. Um, I think there isn't that many young teenage models for good reason. I feel like that's when most <laughs> people go through their awkward stage. I know, I remember um, I was quite short when I started high school. I grew a lot towards the end of high school. I didn't hit puberty till I was 15 or 16. Um, and I used to think that my head looked a little too big for my body because <laughs> my height hadn't quite caught up with me. Um, and then I had braces for three years. I had like jaw surgery because I had an overbite. Like I had a missing tooth for a year. So yeah, I think 
we've all gone through those stages and that wasn't the only thing that was stopping me from modeling I also you know my mum and dad wanted to make sure that I finished mm. school and that that was you know the absolute minimum if I wasn't going to uni at least I had my VCA and everything so yeah it's sporadic work I mean as I've said before you don't know when you're you going don't to work know. and if you're in year 12 and you're getting called up to do a job and the thing is with the modeling industry when you first start or I felt was that you kind of have to take have to every yes. single opportunity mm. to everything because even if it's a free shoot and you have to drive four hours to get you're the so shoot lucky to get you're it. like oh my god I have to do it because this might lead to something else and then I'm gonna you kind of think that it's so glamorous and it's not glamorous when you start working in it but from the outside you think that's what it's like so to not to start in when you're younger you know to miss days of school to be driving to a test shoot that you have to pay for or things like that it is quite hard because you know yeah. you'd miss sacks and things like that so yeah. I also think we started at a good time as well because even though I was 18, Laura was 19, we still went through our tough times with modeling and through mm. our own body insecurities and mm. eating issues and all that sort of stuff. But if it happened any earlier, I could only imagine how much more fragile I would have mm. been. Yeah. So I think that's another thing. Yeah, it can happen to the most mature people, but at least we'd kind of gone through that stage already of, mm. of being a young, easily influenced teenager. Yeah. And you have to be okay with being rejected mm. all the time. Like I think I got one job out of 20 castings. Mm. So it's not like it's all happy. It's, and you know, one of um, our close friends actually from the industry started a, a lot like, younger than us. And um, I've spoken to her about it. And she said one day she, um, a client in front of her said that her nose was too big. Mm. I think she was 14 or 15. She went <sighs> home and she said, mom, I need to change my nose because it's too big. And it's, you have to be mature enough to realize that it's not you it's what that person thinks of you yeah. and that does not mean that you are not beautiful or that you're not good mm -hmm. enough it just means that you are not the right look for them for and you job, have yeah. to be in a I suppose a mature enough mindset and even now I mean you can be really mature and still sometimes go through days where you have down days of course but mm. you have to be okay with not being everyone's yeah. perfect idea of a model because it's impossible mm. yeah yeah it's interesting to like I definitely want to come back to the struggles that you do go through yeah. as a model even when you are a little bit older and mm. a little bit more mature but I think it's really inspiring for a lot of other people out there to know that you can still have a really successful career and you mm. don't have to start when you're 13 exactly. like that's not the only way to do it yeah and if anything you might get further if you're a little bit more well-rounded and have a fallback of your VCE beforehand absolutely exactly. and even the fallback of doing other stuff so when I did start modeling full-time there was only like a handful of girls in Melbourne that were doing that. Um, most Probably three. Models, yeah. Literally three. <laughs> most girls I came across and I was new to the industry, so I had no idea what was what, <laughs> but like most girls in the industry were all either studying uni um, or had a full-time job and we're just doing it on the side. And I enjoyed doing it full-time for a while and it probably wasn't until I noticed what it was doing to my confidence and stuff like that, that I kind of realized that there was more reason that people had a fallback other than, you know, your modeling career ends at some point and that you can't do anything about it. It's also about, you know, keeping your mind on something else. Because what I did find was when I had a day off or even a couple of days off or God forbid a week off <laughs> of modeling, I was like, oh my God, why aren't I getting booked? I probably need to go to the gym more. Or I was just focusing too much on my physical appearance or thinking too much about why I wasn't working, um, that it was affecting me. Whereas Nowadays, I'm obviously I work on kick full time, um, but even like take it back a year ago when it wasn't so full time for both of us, um, still took up a lot of our time, but wasn't like it is today. I didn't stress so much when I had a week off because I had so much else I needed to get mm. done and mm. so much else distracting me. So 
my, yeah, I, I didn't focus so much on like, oh, why aren't I working or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's a lot better now for my mindset having that balance. And I think that's why a lot of girls have those other fallbacks and those other things, mm. not just for financial backup, but for your mindset. Yeah, you have to have it. And that's why it, it's so hard for us when girls come up to us and say, and they might be so beautiful, but they're young and they say, I want to be a model. How do I get into it? And we're like, the first oh thing goodness. we ask them is how their confidence is and like, yeah. you know, how, how comfortable are you in your own skin and all that sort of stuff? Because a lot of the time it is those young girls who are actually already super insecure that want to get into the industry. And I kind of say, well, I feel like you should work on that first before mm. jumping in because it's only going to hurt that it's not going to make that better. Mm. And then even young models who are in the industry and they are working, um, but maybe not as much as they want to be or as they thought they were going to be. And as I said, may have jumped in as a full time and mm. have realized now that there's not enough work for them or their look to be full time. And it's really upsetting to them. It's really hard. And like, all we can really say is look like I would find something else to distract mm. yourself with. Mm. Like then when the modeling jobs, jobs come up, you'll, appreciate them you'll love them you'll have fun and then when you they don't like you've got something else to do yeah because you can't and that's one thing we always say you cannot control you know with uni and work you can work really hard in Mm. your job and you get a promotion you can work really hard at uni and you get a good mark you can work your ass off in the gym you can eat as like the cleanest side in the whole world and you still don't have control over how successful you're going to be as a model because if you do not look a certain way you will not succeed Mm. and i think that's really hard and it's hard when People say, like, obviously a lot of models work really hard and it is hard to be a model and, and you do need to put a lot of hard work in and mm. not taking anything away from that. But it's hard to say if you work hard, you can do whatever you want and you can become a model because you might the not. reality yeah. is n- that's not everyone. That's 0.0001% of the population that happens to be born with genetics to look a certain way. Mm. But I think that's what we always say to girls. Like, you know, okay, if you really want to do it, you know, this is how you, you can. But if you can't, don't worry about it because there's so many other things that you can do it and you can control them. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys um, are, are such good role models for that because it is such a unique industry in definitely. that it's yeah. seasonal. It does depend so subjectively on something that isn't really within your control. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you don't have the skin for that, which most women by default don't, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you can grow it over time, it's yeah. amazing that you're really showing people you can have other things going on and it's important to yeah. because not only is it only based on your looks, but you guys have more than that anyway. Like. Even if you could go full-time, it's amazing that you're showing that you're using other parts of your personality and your skills because you get stimulation from that as well. Like yeah. you'd probably go crazy being as motivated you guys as you guys are. <laughs> no, own, you. you know, like, I mean, modeling is hard work and I'm sure it does take mm. brain work to some level. But if you were just standing in front of the camera all day, mm. the parts of your brains that now are stimulated by what you do would be like, like dying in cobwebs in the corner (laughs) it's a little soul crushing at times but it is about like for for me anyway i i know how those girls are feeling you know the young girls that's dreaming Mm. about getting into industry that was me i wanted to be a model since i was like five Mm. so i would never say to someone don't don't do it it. don't bother um just equip yourself yeah absolutely for me it's been the best stepping stone ever in my life it's got me to where i am today i still enjoy it to this day but it's absolutely put me through some really tough times in my life too. So it's just about being aware of all that Mm, stuff. Yeah, totally. So before we do move on to like Mm. the more challenging side, you've obviously both 
worked really hard on your <laughs> portfolios outside of modeling and Laura you're a law student so nearly nearly finished got a couple of subjects to go <laughs> Steph uh, you have soda shades with Josh and I mean you both have keep it cleaner which has products in supermarkets you've got a new app you've got the book the girl's guide to kicking goals which is absolutely amazing you have so many other balls in the air which is just incredible so tell us about how you've grown into business women and how the programs have come about how you yeah. met and then how you decided to change that into a business relationship as well. Yeah. And like, yeah, just how it all un- unrolled after finding that you wanted more than modeling in your life. Well, I think, um, as I touched on before, um, being someone who was like always liked being a leader and all that sort of stuff. I think it was when I had the idea to have something going, I got excited by it because not the idea to lead something, but I, I don't know what it is, but the, and I don't like the word boss either. But being a boss somewhat excited me because I could do kind of what I wanted in the direction that I wanted and kind of have control over something. I, I kind of liked the idea of that. And when we both saw what Instagram could do and we were both fortunate enough to have great followings and we were working for other companies and promoting their brands and we caught on to the marketing power of it. Um, and I think it was at that point where I was like, we could be doing something for ourselves. Like, is there anything we're interested in sharing and, and making and creating outside of modeling and promoting it on Instagram? Like, why not make the most of it? And it was at that time when ebooks were really big. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd both come back from overseas and we both had our struggles overseas and we kind of wanted to pick ourselves back up, remove ourselves slightly from the modeling industry, um, only to, as I said earlier, focus our minds on something else. And for us, that was, you know, cleaner eating or like you know fresh food and, and learning how to um, have healthy recipes and all that sort of stuff that don't cost <laughs> a whole lot of money and you don't have to go to a super cool superfood store or health food store like you go to Coles or Woolies and that's when the ebook came up to um, for our idea we just kind of thought let's try it let's do it for fun created 37 recipes put it in an ebook put it out there to the world and for us, fortunately, it went really well and got a really, really great response, surprisingly. <laughs> Chucked a banana in the corner. And yeah. Yep. <laughs> Called it everything, literally. Um, so that's <laughs> We Googled. Of, that's how we yeah. literally we had no idea how to do it. And I think that's something that we always say to people is to just do it. And yeah. As you guys would know, you, you don't just wait until something's perfect because nothing is ever going to be no. perfect. Mm. You just do it. And we literally Googled how to make an ebook. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if we you make from mistakes, there. you learn And from we didn't them. know. We didn't know what we had to do. No. So we weren't scared of it because we had no idea how hard it is to create all the recipes and um shoot them all and cook them all we, we didn't know so we just we we're a bit naive but yeah. it worked out really well because we weren't scared of it and i think naivety it. really helps you get over you Absolutely. know Definitely. it's better that you don't know with the risks that you're yeah. going yeah. into <laughs> but then i just think that once we saw how well it was going we just wanted to grow that um and not just for ourselves we wanted to be there more a community was growing mm. um which was awesome we didn't even know that that was going to be mm. a part of it and now it's our favorite part of what we do but once that community was growing they were asking for more and not in like a greedy sense like just <laughs> they were obviously enjoying what we we're putting out there and we wanted to keep putting more and more out there and with an ebook once you do it it's done and, and it's connect there. with them more and yeah so we started the blog well so laura changed her got rid of her food fit and repeat i was gonna repeat say blog. food fit and repeat food, yeah. And repeat. yeah yeah that's what it was called well because it, it was kind of similar to what we were going to do with kick so she decided to get rid of that and um kick was very much 
that sort of thing. We released recipes, three recipes, three to four, four if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, four recipes a month. <laughs> one workout. One workout. On the iPhone. And then like two blog posts. So it was like not a lot of content, but at the time it was obviously exciting to people, mm. which is great. And it was still, at that point, it was still a hobby. Like we're still working. Yeah. Um, doing our other stuff. Doing our own thing. And it was, we, we never took money out of it at that no. point. It was just like something that was just there and cool. Yeah. It's like makes a little bit of money and that's amazing, but it's just a hobby and we didn't yeah. see it as, as, we didn't really see it as a business at that no. point. No, but we st- but we did in a way, and we did in our back end because that's the it's whole like reason we didn't take money out because we were like, well, let's just leave it, it there, yeah, in case we want to do something else, yeah. And we did, and we're so glad that we left the money there because it was definitely it it supported us so much when we did want to take that next step in the business and grow to everything else we've done. <laughs> but yeah, it's really it, it has not happened overnight. So that was four years ago when mm. we did the ebook, and the ebook was out by itself for about a year until we did the blog, and then the blog was out for probably a year, and then we did yeah. our first program. And when we did our first program, Kit Girls, that was also when the groceries started. So we started off with seven SKUs in Coles, which was like unreal. I think for us when we mm. saw a physical product in, on, the shelves. on a shelf yeah. in something like Coles, we were like, what? Because <laughs> we were so used to, you know, online side of stuff and like selling an ebook or like blog. Like we could see all that and we could see it was going well. But I think seeing a physical thing like that. And I think it also, it's weird that those kind of things can really impress like relatives and friends. <laughs> and the whole online side, it's hard for them to it. understand. So yeah. they're like, what? But then as soon as they see something like that, they're like, oh my God. So I think we were really excited about that. And to see that the, it, yeah. the, trend, the social side translated into the, the supermarket, because mm. we didn't know, I mean, we'd never release a physical product uh, to know what the sales would be like. We'd mm. done a collaboration with a bake mix company that and that online. went reasonably well, but it was sold online. Mm. So to see that our um, community and our brand had grown and it actually translated into sales in the supermarket and it was it was really, really cool to see yeah. that it – because I think people say, and that's, I think it's been probably the biggest challenge that we have faced is being, and we still sometimes happens is people to see us as like, oh, you Instagram. know, you're like Instagrammers that are models. And we are, I would like to think we're so much more than yeah. that. Um, and so getting people to take us seriously has been probably one of the most, yeah, the most challenging yeah. thing I think that we've gone through with our business. Um, we've got, I think the best way to deal with it is to, literally just succeed in the background and then yeah. they'll see Let what them you're doing it they can doesn't really matter what other people think yeah. um it matters what the people that care about you think and they think good things i yeah. think yeah but yeah it was really cool to, to show that no we're not just models on instagram that have a following mm. that we've actually grown this community and grown this business and and this is what yeah. we can do and we're not just planning our name or our brand and our faces on things no. like you know the book we both wrote completely mm-hmm. ourselves obviously it was edited by Murdoch but like we wrote that the all the recipes and all that sort of stuff a lot of them are our recipes that we've developed over time other than that we've got people on board who's a part of our team which is awesome we now run we have our office that we have staff that we now manage like all of that stuff that people don't see I think is a massive part as how the business has been growing the way it has um, even the groceries products we are 100% there behind the scenes with the development the design like everything mm. um, it's yeah we're not just the faces of the brand we like literally developing the products with our team so I think it's nice for us to be able to share that whenever we can because a lot of people don't see that or think that. Mm. But as Laura said, it gets to a point where we're just proud of ourselves and we don't really mind if, 
if people think we're just Instagrammers, that's fine. <laughs> Let them just think that. That's cool. But that is the coolest thing about you guys is there are a lot of people out there who are doing things that they do just throw their name on it. And they are Instagrammers who have mm. built a business around their which personal is fine brand. Too. Which is, yeah, exactly. which, is, totally fine. which is totally fine. But you have actively taken it to a new level of building your own brand that's not just a collab that you've like said I'll endorse and like say Mm -hmm. I'm the ambassador for you're not just the ambassador you're actually like in an office Mm. product developing testing recipes have been doing that for years now testing your own recipes and stuff and it's you're right when you put your head down and your bums up and just work hard like people notice Mm. because I've noticed for four Mm. years I've known that you guys have been developing your own recipes which means it's obvious that you didn't just get someone to do them and Mm. then put your name on it because everyone has seen you build that and you show a lot of the behind the scenes as well which is also makes it so much more like accessible that you're actually in an office you're doing all that stuff well I mean like we we want to be there as as motivators for for young girls or even guys um to think that they can be an entrepreneur or do what they want to do and and actually enjoy their career choice in life like we love that if people look up to us for that that's awesome but we also want to show them that it it doesn't just happen overnight as you said and there's so much work behind the scenes so I think that's why we're so open about sharing as much as we can um, behind the scenes. And it's also true that, you know, you have what 1.3 million followers. That doesn't necessarily always convert to sales on no, a shelf. No, like, absolutely not. That yeah. doesn't, I mean, I, of all people running a food business, mm. I know that like when people post for us who have massive audiences, sometimes it converts, sometimes it doesn't. Depends it's, how they engage and who their audience is. Yeah, people time. think it's just so easy, but it's it's really hard work. Yeah. And so what, what do you guys do day to day like Mm. do you split your roles I know that Nick and I to make the relationship work (laughs) have to have really different roles and departments do you guys split like finances and comms and media or do you do a bit of everything and like when do you get people in do you engage in the finances like Mm. how do you kind of split all that stuff up? well the funniest thing about our relationship is that we have never ever ever sat down or ever really discussed what we do. We We just do it. We've never sat down and said, okay, you do this. Even with the book, it wasn't like, okay, I'll write this chapter, you write this chapter. We literally had a Google Doc and we just wrote and it just worked. And that's how our business Mm. operates. We just do what we do Mm. and it just works. Because we both know that we're going to work as hard as we can in the time that we have. So there's nothing like you need to do this and you need to do this. It's just, we just do yeah, and we've just fallen into roles, yeah. and we. But we've also we've now worked together for four years, so we've we we know up on each other's strengths exactly. And so there's things now that I leave to Laura, and then there's things that I like to try and take over. So I think it's just those those knowing each other's strengths, um, but also just sharing a lot of the stuff. I mean, we're fine, and a lot of the time, you know, if Laura's out in a jagged shoot, or I, I've got to go do something for midnight or soda, like we have that understanding that um, because we share a lot of the same roles, it's okay because we can kind of help each other out if we're not there. Yeah. But we've got a bookkeeper finally, so that's no longer Laura's <laughs> yes. um, yeah, responsibility. We over. That is a great outsourcing <laughs> yeah. moment. Um, yes, no more accounting. <laughs> yeah, I, um, that's one thing I felt terrible about ongoing was like <laughs> – never doing that because yeah. I'm just I kind of I'm liked even, it I'm kind of a little bit sad that I don't do it anymore but, but you are a numbers person as sometimes well, I kind of do it and I'm like this isn't that bad yeah, I kind of like spreadsheets yeah. <laughs> it's more now that we have staff yeah not paying them on time and things like that is not acceptable yeah. so I was like let's just get the stress away from you and put it to the bookkeeper so things like that like we've definitely brought people on board um and and our whole team is amazing um and they've been able to pick up on areas where we had no idea exactly so 
Yeah. And it's been nice, I think, having a team as well for our relationship because even yeah. if, you know, one of us thinks one thing and the other one thinks another thing, it, the team will decide. Help, we'll yeah. decide together. Yeah. So okay. it's really nice to have a sounding board of a great team who can help with yeah. everything as well. Yeah. So now you have an office <laughs> and staff. Yes. <laughs> and uh, obviously, I mean, you guys are doing so well, but you're also really smart about it, you know, earning so much money at such a young age. You both have houses <laughs> and enormous followings. Like, how does it feel? Do you feel, is it surreal? Like you're like, I'm a young, successful businesswoman homeowner. When we meet girls that do the program, that's the most surreal thing. I think we still operate, Steph and I have both not come from, like we weren't born into really, really, we weren't born into money. Like we weren't, we've never had, and we've both worked since we were 14. We both have very fortunate lives. Of course, of course. Yeah, Yeah, but it wasn't handed to you. Exactly right. And I think because we've had to work hard for everything, we still look at each other and we're like like sometimes we'll you know we'd have a lunch and be like oh my god we can't put it on the business because we might need it another day yeah. we still op- there's no point i don't think where you're like okay i don't care now i can do whatever i want like we're still really because you never know what's going to happen i think that's yeah. the i think we're both very um aware of the industry that we're in and um not to not to say at all that you know kick is dead without Instagram because it is absolutely not. That's why we've grown it, you know, to the book and the groceries and everything else outside of online because we believe that it is something that can stick around forever regardless of whether there's Instagram or Facebook or whatever. But at the same time, we obviously want to make the most of, of, of this time. So we're just working really hard and not really thinking about like how much money we're making or anything like that because we're just excited about keeping the ball rolling. But in saying that though, I think it's like when a family member or a close friend kind of brings you back to the earth and is like, wow, that's really incredible. Sometimes, unfortunately, it takes until someone says something like that that you're like, oh, actually, mm. yeah, when you look back at it, that is really cool. Like, yeah. It's really, really cool. And you kind of pat yourself on the back. But I think that's just human, not being able to do that yourself all the time totally, yeah. um and you guys but, are busy yeah. you know yeah. it's not like you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs <laughs> no, like what can I, I congratulate myself about <laughs> I don't know I don't know how to explain it but with our business like when I thought if you told us three years ago like you were going to have this business I would have been like oh my god wow I'm never like that's gonna be my job forever it's gonna be the best but when now when we're living it it's kind of like okay when it, I don't know you don't get to a point where you're like okay we're done let's just yeah. like enjoy this because it's steady it's like okay how do we improve it how do we make it better for the community and I think because there isn't that point where mm. we are like we don't I don't know how to explain it but as soon you're as just ambitious yeah, like, you just want to you just yeah. you crave being uncomfortable and you want to push just push yourself and and change things and challenge what you do and and I suppose because our community is the best thing in the whole world we really never want to change the price of the program but we want to keep adding more value for them and making it better and easier to use and so there's never a point where we're like okay yeah it's done Mm. this is going to be good enough because you can always make it better yeah so I think we're just always kind of striving to make it better but then at the same time it is important every now and then to kind of be like okay wow we're really proud of ourselves ourselves. yeah well you should be I mean it's been incredible (laughs) but the amazing thing for you guys is there are so many incredible achievements so what would looking back what are some of the big highlights that you can point out like you've both been on the cover of women's health which is like what (laughs) the fuck (laughs) like what what are some of those moments along the way in any of your businesses or careers like what has felt like Wow. For both of us, that what you just mentioned, like being on the cover of Women's Health was a definitely WTF moment for both of us. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. insane. Um, I think just because it was a dream that we both didn't think was accessible, if that 
Yeah. Like possible. It was just far, far fetched. I think it was just like, that would be really cool, but (laughs) it's not going to (laughs) happen. So when it did for both of us, it was like, Oh, yeah, okay. it was crazy. Whoa. It was like, that doesn't happen to people like me. Like, that's, I kind of just thought that's not something that you, I can ever even dream of. So it's never going to happen. Yeah. So I think in the, in the modeling industry, that's probably what's excited us a lot. Also being recognized by something like women's health. For us mm. with modeling, as we keep saying, we're so happy to be booked more so for our personality now than, you know, for me being a nine foot. Five foot nine foot, five, <laughs> five foot nine blonde or whatever. Um, I like being booked because I'm Steph. It just feels better when you're working and being booked and being, on it, and also yeah. not being booked on the cover. And I didn't even know I was shooting the cover. And same with Steph. Mm. We both didn't even know we were shooting it when we shot it. And not being asked, you know, to lose weight before we shot it or to look fitter. It was like that week I'd been sick. I hadn't even exercised, and I didn't care because yeah. I was like, I'm here because it's me. And I didn't even know what I was shooting. I thought I was shooting something else, but. It didn't worry me that yeah. I, I, you know, we didn't deprive ourselves before the shoot. Yeah. We didn't, you know, train our bodies and starve ourselves so that we'd look different. No. Mm. It was just what we looked like and that was us. And it was, that was pretty cool, I think. Yeah, to it's not... cool to be recognized by them as well. And then the, I think the biggest thing in the whole world is meeting people from the community mm-hmm. because yeah. online you, people write things and it's so sweet what people write. But then when you actually see them in real life and they you say, feel their like, emotion. you have changed my life, mm. that is the best feeling in the whole world and it's what drives us to just wanting to make everything better for them because it's like whoa we've actually helped you and and when we meet girls mums i was about to say it's so amazing that we met a um at bras and things the other week Mm. this mum came up to us and she was like my daughter never liked exercise and now she does a program every day and she's so happy and i've seen the change in her and we're like wow like that's (laughs) that's why we do what we do and and things like that that are like it's the best thing in the world. And I think it's it, why mums is such a big deal to us is because obviously our, our market is young girls and we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing by them. So I think getting that recognition from their mums and everything and, <laughs> and saying like, well done and, you know, should be more people like you and all those sort of beautiful comments. That's when we're like, okay, we're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. like we're, we're doing okay. <laughs> if mums think if we're mums doing a good that, job. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So speaking of that, the next segment is called NATA, which I think is an area that you guys cover really well, the, the challenges that get in the way of your happiness and maybe some that you've actually overcome and that aren't as prominent in your life anymore. But the fact that you're so open about them does probably make mums feel a lot more comfortable about the role models that they have going into modeling or going mm. into even just teenagehood or mm-hmm. their 20s as a woman it's really hard social media can be a double-edged sword it's the mm-hmm. most exciting thing that builds communities like kick but it can also breed lots of comparison mm-hmm. lots of self-doubt lots of body image issues and I know you've both been through that before mm. so what are some of the things that have said nay to your yay and maybe let's start with body image because yeah. in the modeling industry that's the first thing you think mm-hmm. of it's quite a brutal industry by nature mm-hmm. obviously can build careers and mm-hmm. do wonderful things for you um and there are great role models mm. out there like you guys, but I know when you both... <laughs> Sorry, Ari. <laughs> hey, Ari. <laughs> um, you know, Steph, you were in New York when you were 20 mm. and Laura, you went to Milan. And I know, you know, in chapter three of your book, you guys talk about <laughs> confidence tips, which was, you know, they're amazing. They're so practical. But chapter four, the whole chapter is about body image mm. and your body changing. So mm. can you tell us about how you guys have gone through your journeys? Yeah. So... We obviously went into a lot of detail in the book um, and we have on social media before as well, but we just wanted to get it out there. And I think that's another thing with our book. Um, 
it's a guide, but it, there's also a lot of personal stories in Sorry there. Sorry for laughing. There's just, <laughs> Ari's just, Ari's just on Laura's Ari. lap. Hello. <laughs> Where's um, Billy? I know. <laughs> so we have gone like dove in really deep with some personal stories in there because we thought it was really important as we always do to be quite real and so with my story um as you said I was in New York when I was 20 and I lived in the states for 10 months that year and I wasn't with any friends and family I made friends over there obviously and I had a few close friends who from the industry but I wasn't a lot around you know my high school girlfriends or Josh or my family and I was really easily influenced at that point because I was just so excited to be diving into a whole new market of the industry you know I'd always dreamed of going to New York and hoping my modeling dreams would come true and meeting all these big clients and stuff. So at that point, I was just wanting to do anything to to get where I wanted to be. And one of those things was to lose a lot of weight. And I was actually a lot lighter than I am now when I was there. But it was also the period where my body was changing a lot. So I went through a period of really restrictive eating um, in the way of what I was eating. So I wouldn't let anything pass my lips if it wasn't the cleanest, you know, most organic thing. But I ended up um, overeating. So it's almost like I said to myself, because I'm not having anything unhealthy, because I didn't have that chocolate or that piece of cheese or those chips, I can have like four dinners and, you know, three servings of nuts and then five sweet potatoes. Hu- a whole tub of hummus. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, because it was all healthy. So yeah. it's fine. And I know that and in that time when I look back, I was just telling myself that to make myself feel better about it. And, and it ended up being a, a really unhealthy cycle that I got into because it led to me being incredibly insecure in my body and my confidence was shot. Like I have always been a really confident person, but in that year was the, yeah, it was gone. (laughs) I would get changed like 20 times a day. I was so embarrassed when I went to castings. I would just continuously be like, why am I here? Looking at all the other girls, continuously comparing myself to them. And it, and it was because my, you know, I was exercising and eating right for all the wrong reasons. I was just trying to lose weight and I wasn't looking at food in the way I should have been. And I wasn't looking at exercise the way I should have been. It was all just, if I was exercising, it was because I was punishing myself for Mm. overeating the hummus the night before. Like (laughs) it was literally like that. It was a cycle of that sort of thing. So I think though, for me going through that period and then working out that healthy balance in my life and realizing that I didn't have to weigh a certain weight to be happy um, and to be confident, that journey was definitely what made me want to start going into the health um, industry and, and starting things like Keep a Cleaner because I wanted to help anyone knowing that I had so many followers and people wanting to know what I was eating and like any advice that they could get on living healthily. I wanted to go through my experience and, and learn from it and try and help them out before they got into it or if they were in, in it, knowing that they weren't alone in that. And it just worked well with Laura because she had been through something similar, um, a little bit different. But it was just, I think the timing of it was just really good because we were able to then help each other out um, Mm. and support each other through that time. Mm. Because you both came home at a similar time from overseas. Mm. Yeah, mine was actually more from when I was in Milan, I was very skinny. But that for me was more of, I think, a self-discipline thing because I knew I deferred you need to be there. I had to be this size or I wasn't going to work. And it was like a mental thing. I was like, okay, I have to be this size or I'm not going to work, so I'm going to get to this size. But when I came back, I was quite quickly I suppose able to get out of that headspace but for me the really really negative time was when I first started social media and I started following because the people on Instagram I've never seen such attractive people in my life you know what I mean like yeah, you, totally. where did they come from like who looks like this and especially because they're not all models yes you know, they're just getting a coffee or they're yes, like walking through a shopping center and you're like what 
So the normal people <laughs> that you don't expect to look that way. And, and that for me was what made me start um, dieting. And I never dieted in high school. I, I, when my friends dieted, I thought it was funny. And I always just played sport. I loved running and I never thought about it. And so to be opened up to this world of diets where there was, you know, and calorie counting and paleo and vegan and raw till four and, and all of these things. We've got Ari here giving us cuddles. <laughs> it was really, I suppose, oh, it was just put this new pressure and it opened up this new world of diets. And I, yeah. And so then from there, I started calorie counting and, and every food that I looked at, I didn't look at it as food anymore. I looked at it as a number and I had to track it in this app. And when you're tracking and some people it works for them and that's so fine. But for me, tracking every single thing that I ate meant that I was scared of calories because I didn't want my calorie number to get to a certain point of the day. Mm. So, you know, I'd go, I wouldn't want to go out with my friends and, and so it was the same because you can't control the oil that's in the food. You don't know exactly what they use and you can't track it in your app. And so it's, you're going to have a breakdown because it makes you anxious that you don't know what's going in there. And I think that was what kind of started it for me and for me to kind of get out of that stuff helped me so much modeling didn't really help very much um obviously because it puts more pressure on you but I think it was more just like cleaning my up my social media mm. um unfollowing people that made me feel bad about myself and then kind of learning that you know everything on social media a lot of it like the photos at the cafe of the girls they're edited oh heavily, you know like everything is edited. exactly right and I didn't really know that was a thing and so I was comparing my body to edited bodies mm. of girls with different genes than me and I think like I did bio in year 12 I understand it I know what genetics are but when you're on your phone on social media looking at a beautiful girl, you forget about genetics. You forget about common sense and you just start comparing yourself. And so it was kind of stopping myself. I still have days, of course, but mm. stopping myself from doing that all the time and getting off it. I think you guys call it the helped. comparison trap in the yeah, book. It is a trap. Right. You exactly. just get stuck there. You do. And then you get stuck in a hole comparing yourself to this girl that you found her cousin from another country and you're in her photos from 2013. In like like, Paraguay. Exactly. And you're like, okay, I need to stop and get off this because this is not positive use of my time and it's making me feel really bad about myself. You guys both have shared um, photos from that time when you were overseas and you're both so much skinnier, Mm -hmm. but not, you look so unhappy. And tired. And and tired. Our faces looked like Mm, really gaunt. Yeah, mm. exactly. But you both now, like the photos now, look so fit and toned oh, and strong, but you. but joyous as well, like yeah. glowing skin. And I think that's the other thing when you're restricting your food. Firstly, you're not fit and strong because you mm-hmm. can't lift anything. You're, you're like you're actually affecting your longevity. But your skin can't glow because you're not eating enough. Mm-hmm. All of those things that I'm so glad to see. Role models like you are shifting the industry towards strong rather than skinny. Mm. But also the hard thing still is that probably in those moments when you saw those photos at the time, now you see and you go, oh, but at the time. At the time, I remember in Milan when I took a photo and I remember taking it in the gym and I look back on it and I'm like, I was so skinny. I can't like... I've never had a thigh gap in my life because I genetically can't really get one. But at that point I had one. (laughs) And I remember at the time I was like, oh my God, you just look at yourself. You're like, oh, I need to change this. Mm. I need to change this. Oh, I ate too much last night. Absolutely. And, but now when you, when you look back on it in a more mature mindset, when you're out of that comparison Mm. mindset, you just think, oh my God, how deluded was my mind? Mm. Like what was wrong with me to think that I was not 
okay at that mm. point. But I think it's, it gets to a point where you realize like when I was in Milan, I had this weight that I had to get to. And I thought when I got there, I would be so happy and all my dreams would come true and I'd get every modeling job. But I got to that weight. It brought me no happiness. I just wanted to change more things. Mm. Like there's no weight or body that you're going to get to that's going to make you happy and solve problems. Exactly. And I think that we sometimes think and sometimes social media kind of makes us think that it will solve problems for us, but it just creates more, I suppose. Mm. So what did pull you out of it? Like what was the moment where you did switch from that like body dysmorphia yeah. zone of like I still don't look skinny enough yeah. to now you have so much perspective? Like how did you start that mental shift? Just to anyone out there who's kind of Going worrying. Yeah, or who's like, I know I don't have perspective because I've had a similar thing. I yeah. wasn't from modeling. I got really sick in Africa and had a parasite, lost 15 kilos. Oh, my God. But because once I lost them, I just yeah. kept, I went back to work and I yeah. didn't think of, I was like, oh, okay, I'm skinnier. Mm. Then I then it clicked over to like, oh, well, I've got to stay this weight now. Like yeah. I can't exactly. put anything on. Yeah. Look at photos. I'm like, that is so disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I look like a 12-year-old boy now, <laughs> but then I looked like, <laughs> like a eight. A five-year-old, <laughs> like, like I was so unwell, mm. but couldn't see it. And yeah. so you have, and I don't know what clicks you over, whether it's someone saying, are you sick? Or, yeah. you know, what did bring you guys kind of out of it? Um, well, it was definitely not one moment. I think that's one thing that we like to be really honest about. Um, finding that journey to body confidence and self-love and everything is a full journey mm. um and there isn't really like an end point where you're fully fine we still have days where we wake up and we're insecure um or points in the day where we go to think negatively about ourselves we're just quicker at getting ourselves mm. out of that mindset now yeah. and that happens over time but for me it was stressing less about the way I looked. Um, and once I started eating well for how it made me feel and the energy it gave me and, and focused on food in that way and then exercise because I enjoyed it. You know, I remembered how much I loved sports in school. And I, so then I started exercising again just because I liked being active. Um, and I found exercises that I actually enjoyed that didn't feel like torture. Mm. Um, and you know, mixing it up and stuff like that. I think, when those kind of things came into play and, and also having the responsibility that we did of, of young girls looking up to us, that was a massive one mm. as well because, you know, I wanted to be the best person that I could, not just for myself, but for these people who were looking up to me. So that was um, another thing that helped out. But yeah, I think it's just knowing that it's going to be a journey and, and go along for the ride and it's not going to, you're not going to end up waking up one day where every day from that point, you're going to mm. think you're absolutely perfect because nobody does and yeah. everyone has insecurities. But other than, you know, um, eating well for the right reasons and, and exercising for the right reasons and, you know, finding time to do the things you love, like spending time with friends and family, that might mean having a wine or eating a <laughs> cheese board or, you know, having some chocolate, like all that sort of stuff is so fun now because we've let go of the stress of having to try and look a certain way or having a certain weight because I think your body tends to thank you for it once you find that balance. You know, mm. you're, you're not probably not going to be the skinniest you've ever been or whatever. But as you said, your skin will glow, you'll, find, you'll feel happier and everything if you're doing everything for the right reasons. So, yeah, I think that that helps a lot with the journey. And then, and then we also have an exercise which we've got in the book, which is another thing that we get young girls to do. And when we go and do the chats at schools, you can talk about that. <laughs> so we get them to write down because obviously something that we do naturally is that when we look at ourselves in the mirror we naturally think of the negative things first this is what we do so what we try and do and what helps Steph and I to kind of get through talking to ourselves negatively and that dysmorphia kind of mindset was 
kind of focusing on the positive things and you have to train your mind to focus on the positive things because it's unnatural and it mm. feels uncomfortable and at the start you feel really arrogant doing it and weird and oh I Vain. can't like things about myself like why would I but we write down um, the three physical things we love about ourselves and then the three non-physical things and put it we well, we recommend putting it next to a mirror or mm. when you wake up in the morning next to your bed so you see it and repeating it every morning and night until you don't, until need, you don't need to anymore um, because you and then when you look in the mirror like of course we still have days where we're like oh I want to change this and but you can snap yourself out of it so quickly and you stop going to the negative thoughts straight away Mm. and and you can you can think of yourself positively and the funniest thing is like one of Seth sees her abs which she used to hate when she was a kid (laughs) and now she loves them so it's about kind of embracing what you have and not worrying about what other people have and making the most of what you have and and loving that about yourself because you can't change it yeah so you might as well love it I, f- I feel the same, not just with like physical body image, but also just confidence in terms of like your achievements yeah, or your really. career. Yeah. Talk about self-doubt all the time. And the point isn't to make it go away because it's probably never going uh-huh. to. And it is natural, of course, mm-hmm. to wake up every day. It's also a sign that you care. Mm-hmm. The minute I don't doubt myself is the minute I'm like, I probably don't give enough of a shit about this presentation or whatever it is. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, about having the right strategies to get through it quickly. It's not exactly. about making it disappear. It's just about being able to like get over it. And for me, quotes is a really big one so I have those like plastered everywhere and I your love your book quote. on our desk has been the best yeah. addition to oh, our office I'm yeah. so glad <laughs> well one of them everyone has I... to buy it yeah. it's the best it's <laughs> the best Christmas present thanks oh, you guys you're so sweet <laughs> <laughs> well one of the ones that I'm going to put in addition to which is from your book is there's no comparison between the sun and the yeah, moon they both just shine when it's their time yeah. and like writing little things like that around the place that you can't help but kind of feel a bit more positive about yourself and about life and mm. Comparison being silly mm-hmm. when it's written everywhere. So yeah. I think that's a really good, really good strategy. And you guys have heaps more tips as well about just navigating that social media comparison thing um, mm. in chapter two. But interestingly, chapter three, which I didn't think would be a whole chapter, but I'm, I'm so interested that it was, is about like bullies and yeah. haters. Yeah. So again, coming back to social media and the community being a great forum, it can also be quite mm-hmm. dangerous. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of people with a lot of hate out there who don't necessarily have the same approach to human interaction mm-hmm. as we do. Mm-hmm. Have you, What have you guys experienced? Have you had, do you have haters have you had bullies have you had it inside the community or you know within members or against you or and how do you deal with it well we have a no bullying policy in our facebook community and actually i don't think well definitely not without our new program for sure we have never had to delete anything um the community is really beautiful and supportive and we hope that that continues but outside of that obviously with instagram both our accounts are on public not private so we understand that that means we're opening the doors to strangers in other countries or random ages or whatever to say whatever they want to say and because they're behind their phones or the computer screens they can say whatever they want and they don't know us so what the hell but what I think what they don't understand is that we are real people and unfortunately sometimes if we see one of those comments when we're having a down or off day it can affect us we've learned how to be a little bit more resilient with it and for me that's been just completely <laughs> completely ignoring it my tactic and I, it might be because I have the following that I do so yeah there's a whole lot of people following me who can say whatever they want is to literally just block and delete delete a comment as soon as I see it block the person so they don't have to say anything else anymore particularly if they've started some sort of argument or, or With whatever because yeah. it's really beautiful like 
my following community, the positive side of it is a lot of the time, if they see something nasty, they'll stand up for me, which is so, <laughs> so nice. you don't even have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> but when it turns nasty or if they start then attacking those people who are standing up mm. for me, that's when it's like no longer okay. And I've noticed that in the past when, because Laura's tactic is quite different. Well, when I've tried Laura's tactic, maybe I'll let you explain yours first and then I'll explain what happened when I did that. Sure. Well, it doesn't, it's Steph's right. It doesn't always work. And even I used Steph's tactic the other day when, on when I posted the proposal photo and people were commenting negative things, which are the things that were in the article. The I just deleted them straight away and blocked mm. them because I was like, you know what? This Whatever. is a really positive moment for me. I'm not even going to consider Don't your, roll my nose. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to talk to you. Get out of my face. But what I like to do is sometimes, and it does take a lot of energy sometimes when yeah. they do reply, but a lot of the time it just gets them to realize and kind of understand the consequences of their actions and their words. I kind of pull people up on it and say, hi, like, thank you so much for your feedback. (laughs) Uh, Obviously not. Um, (laughs) Just so you know, I read all of my uh, messages. I've read this. I hope you know it's made me feel, I say, I usually say something like, I'm confident, I'm okay, I don't know you, so I'm not going to take it on board. But please never send this to everyone else, anyone else, because if I wasn't confident, I would have, this could have really hurt me and I could have been really upset. So unless you're willing to be kind of okay with the fact that there are really bad consequences for your comment or your post, don't leave don't it. Don't send it. Yeah. Because I don't think people are, they just send things they and they think, oh my God, like, it's just mindless. And especially when you do things like you post, um, what really gets to me is when we post stuff and we've been posting like real stuff like you do for so long. It's not like we just started last week. Like we've, we've always done that because mm. we, we think it's really important. And when people write things like, oh my God, you're just getting on the, the train to get more followers or, <laughs> you know, I did a post where I was, I was, I get so bloated when I have my period. Like I literally Same. look like, Pregnant. I look like I'm in the middle of pregnancy, not even like <laughs> at the start, like I'm whatever, 24 <laughs> weeks or something. And I did a post. And, and people were writing things like, oh my God, she just did this to get attention. I'm so sick of like influencers making themselves look fat to get attention. And I was like, <laughs> do you know what? That is not why. And that got to me because I was like, I post, like I didn't have to post this. I wanted to post it because I want other girls to know when they, because when I used to get my period and I really cared about, like I was obsessed with being skinny, I used to, you know, weigh myself and my weight went up when I had my period. And, and bloating I would, affects everyone. Exactly. And I wouldn't eat as much, even though my body needed it because I was hungrier, but I wouldn't mm. deprive myself because I was like, oh my God, no, like I'm not Stomach perfect today. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, you know, we just want to share those things to, sh- to show girls and, and show boys, girls, everyone that you don't have to look perfect all the time and no one does and to show that side. So when people have a go at that, that's something that really kind of gets to me and which is where I need to start using Seth's technique of block and delete because it's not worth the energy and some people, like there was one person that this was... This is what yeah, I was just about to say. You can and do it's it. Happened, it's happened to me in the past is when I haven't blocked and deleted and I've decided to write back to the person. Sometimes that person is just a nasty person and it doesn't matter what you say or how nice you are to them, they'll still stand by their comment and... And then they'll almost say fight something, back. Yeah, yeah, fight back or make it worse. And then it just drags on and Mm. makes me feel even worse and it actually happened only a week ago or two week ago two weeks ago with laura in the office there was someone and she'd already told me about the comment and then i overheard her talking to Catherine, someone who works with us about it but she was talking about the same person this person who had commented on something but the story had extended so i was like What's going on? You didn't block that girl, did you? You just, what have you done? You You wrote wrote back. back. (laughs) Um, And she showed me and she wrote back and it was almost like a whole conversation was forming. And this girl was not only standing by her point, but was making Laura feel worse than she originally did. And I could tell because I was sitting next to her and her emotion is quite 
evident um and it was <laughs> lasting all day because this girl yeah, it was kept about, on writing um, back. it was about the women's health cover yeah and it was uh, a comment about how sad it was that i could be proud of something that promotes negative things to girls and things and i was just oh like how don't i can be proud of whatever i want to be and this is a really big moment for me because mm. i never ever thought i could do it and if i want to be proud of it please let me and it's also when people bring up like, uh, cause we, we're really strict on our values of our business. And I, I think that, you know, we do really help stand people by them. And when people have never experienced the program or know nothing about it and have a go at us about that's being models and all those things. It, that's exactly right. And mm. that's, so this, yeah, Steph got my phone and she did it for me. And <laughs> Literally. It's quite empowering. And I was like, okay, I can do this now. I can do it myself. Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> well, it's so good that you do have strategies in place. Cause that just makes it, you know, as soon as you have your boundaries and you know what to do in those situations, yeah. it doesn't like, you know, you know, you don't mm. let it get away with you and Definitely. kind of spend days. But there's days still pressure and... points. And we both have the, yeah, right, of like, the little issues, that things that people would say that always get me no matter what. But anyway, we're And they tend to it. know your triggers, right? People yeah, pick totally. what's exactly. going to be the most exactly. controversial. Um, and you guys have amazing tips on managing like anxiety and stress in oh, chapter thanks, six. <laughs> you are you know our book better than us. You're amazing. I'm like, really? <laughs> Did I write that? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so if you, if you guys do want to hear more about that, then make sure you you do get a copy of the book and I will um, uh, have a look at chapter six. It's got heaps of interesting tips, but I just do want to move on to the last segment because I realize I've already like gas bagged away (laughs) for so long. (laughs) So just quickly, the last segment is called play TA, which is just the fact that we all focus so much on output and achievement and doing, and you know, we we don't focus a lot on just being Mm -hmm. and even identifying the things that make us happy. I think we don't ask the question, is this making me happy? Is it bringing me joy? And I found that in my legal career that I was like, oh, this is, I'm achieving. And like other people think it's fancy. So I'm probably happy maybe, Mm -hmm. or maybe I just, I'm just doing what I should. And I never really detached that from like, is it worth it? Am I spending my life doing something that's actually making me feel good? It didn't make me feel bad, but it didn't make me feel anything. It was yeah. just like, blah. Yeah. So do you guys think that if you had no time and no money constraints, mm-hmm. is this what you'd be doing? 100%. Yeah, yeah definitely. And it's, it's funny though, because that's changed. If you'd asked me this question three or four years ago, I was like, uh, I don't know, maybe not. I was still really <laughs> interested in modeling. But no, we're so lucky to be able to do what we do and mm. obviously be in a position where we're really happy with our career and because um, as you said it's it's not always the case you can't always be over the moon about your job um, but that's also not to say that we wake up every morning and it's like yay we're going to the office today yeah. <laughs> like there's works hard and I think that's what it I mean that's why it's called work but yeah very lucky to love what we do and and I wouldn't want to be doing anything else yeah yeah. And we are very lucky to have found it at our age. I know like yeah, a lot of people do. And it's hard because you see, I remember when we didn't have Keep It Cleaner, you know, I started social media and there's not only the, which is what we go into in the book, there's not only the body comparison, there's the career comparison. Yeah, absolutely. And you're oh, comparing totally. yourself to people that they're like 15 years older than you and they're doing this. And you, that's why it's so important, again, not to compare yourself because mm. you don't know what they've been through. You don't know like how old they are, what they've done. And, and they might have just found their way two years ago, but you're cam- comparing yourself yourself to them at the end and mm. we're really lucky to have found what we love but it doesn't mean that you know people need to be like oh my god I they need to be an so entrepreneur I hate or something my life. like yeah no it takes it takes time and I think yeah. the more the like it's like with uni like the I worked out that I didn't like arts but then I found that I like business and so now I do business law and so it's yeah. like you kind of you find what you don't like and then it helps you find what you do like and and all those things are learnings Totally. Yeah. And you don't regret, like, I didn't regret doing that semester of arts. Like, well, I really didn't like it. It was great because I learned that I didn't like it and yeah. I was going to like something else. So, 
Yeah, I think a lot of my stuff has come from my background growing up. My parents were always so supportive of whatever me and my brother wanted to do. If I wanted, if he wanted to start rollerblading because I was rollerblading, he mum would buy him roller skates, even oh. if it lasted like two weeks, whatever. Like we were, they were very supportive. We could we changed sports all the time. Dance interests like went out the window so quickly. It was just. They were always like, yep, sure, if you want to do that and you think you're going to love it, let's let's help you get into it. And it was the same with modeling. They were both always supportive of the idea. They knew it was something that I wanted to do for so long. They were fine with me having a gap year because it was something I wanted to do and it was going to make me happy. And, mm. um, you know, even when I was looking at courses I wanted to do, it was all TAFE subjects. They didn't care mm. that I, you know, was like not getting into the highest or uh, most recognized uni and like going for the highest degrees or anything. They just wanted me to be happy in whatever I was doing. Once they saw that I was and everything, they were proud of me. Mm. Um, so I think that's really stuck with me. And, and growing up with that, it's made me realize that I don't, even if it, I'm, I mean, I've been lucky. It's also made me in a very great financial position, but even if it hadn't, I think I'd always lean towards being happy. Um, even recently with Josh, uh, this year, leaving his job, which was very comfortable. He was set up to run a business that's his dad's business and he could have done that for the rest of his life and been very, very financially comfortable. But he fell out of love with it and he wasn't happy anymore. So he wasn't motivated to go to work. He just wasn't excited about anything anymore mm. and it was affecting his happiness at home as well. Mm. So that for me and him taking a big jump and everything like that, or at least trying other things that he might be interested in and trying to find where his happiness was, mm. was great because he's now really happy in what he does. And it's not to say it always works out when you do take those leaps, but I think you just have to do them to, mm. to work out where you your happiness you, is. Yeah. For, I think a lot of it, like you said, you, maybe you did it. And so I think that's why I did law maybe because I was like, oh, my parents will be impressed with this. Yeah, people and think it's a good you career. Things, and so it's important to remember that you're actually the only one who has to, because people have opinions, oh, you shouldn't do this. Like before I started my blog, people were like, oh, you can't do that. But the only person who actually has to do the work is you. So if you're letting someone else control what you do as a job, they don't have to do your job. You do it. Yeah. So you, ha you, you have, have to, to live yeah, that you have day to, do to day. It for you, not for anyone else. You, you shouldn't be worried about you know leaving, leaving your job because your your parents or your friends are going to think it's a bad decision. Like or even you're the one. A job. Yeah, you're the one who has to deal with the decision, so you can make it. And I also think you guys both touched on something really important, which is that you do have to try a lot of things that you don't like. Definitely. To it's like a process of elimination. You're never going to know what you don't what you do exactly. like until you know what you don't and that involves experimentation so if you stay in one career your whole life fine if you love it if mm. you don't you don't know what else you like exactly. until you've given it a try and that does involve like starting and stopping a few things and that's fine like yeah. life is you know we're alive a long time yeah you don't have to Literally. get it right the yeah, first time. exactly exactly and so in between all of your work stuff and even personal branding can still be quite consuming mm -hmm. doing your own work how do you guys find your identity outside of that? So what do you do anything that's just for fun, like not for learning, not for branding, not for networking? I find that really difficult for myself because even stuff that doesn't feel like work is still indirectly uh -huh. kind of like for my personal development. So do you do anything just for joy? Yes. Um, like Netflix things. even? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Netflix series we or just mindless TV. TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, movies, even old school movies I've watched a billion times. And then also just hanging out with friends and family and putting the phone away um, or getting up the Murray for me, going to the country, getting away from it all, going on a walk or whatever. Those sort of things are, are great and I do them just for me. And then randomly every now and again, I like drawing. 
And I feel like it takes me a long time to get back into it as in, you know, I used to do it all the time, particularly when I was modeling full time and had some spare time. I did it all the time back then. And I'm so busy now that sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, I don't have time for that. Like, why would I even do that? But then once I get started, I'm so lost. And like three hours later, I'll be like, oh my God, it's like time for dinner. You know, like (laughs) I just obviously get really lost in it. So it's something I definitely want to try and make more time for ongoing. But yeah, I think anything that you find where you lose track of the time, you don't feel like you're looking at a watch or anything like that, and you're just genuinely happy, it's like it's so important to do those things. That's how I define that kind of joy Mm. is Mm. do you forget what day it is or what time it is? If you do, it's the right kind of activity. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Do you do anything like that, Laura? Yeah, similar to Steph, but instead of the river, it's the beach. Beach. Um, But yeah, spending time with my dog. Yeah, how good a family, dogs. friends. Yeah, especially Gordon Retreat. Oh, and Ari. Ari is a very special dog. Your nephew. Yes. <laughs> do you guys find it hard to put your phones away in those moments because it most of the time you do spend on your phone is spent building your community? It is mm. for a positive depends. reason? It depends what time it is, I yeah. think. I think the best time was when Seth got engaged because mm. the only thing that can really go wrong, like if there's a disaster, one of us will know about it. So I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, I should check my phone because what if something's gone wrong and something's happened yeah. to me? with Steph and we need it I need to be there to help her and, and you know fix it but it was awesome because we were together so mm. I was like nothing can happen because <laughs> yeah. we're together yeah so it's it's okay so I yeah. think um yes it, and over Christmas it'll be good yeah because um, we know it'll be really good to take some time off the phones over Christmas yeah. but when you run your own business I think the reality is you can't take a lot of time off your phone and we've chosen this that's career and, and you enjoy fine. it a lot of the exactly. time exactly that's yeah. exactly right so um, I don't think we can say like oh we we I used to be out of say switch off at eight o'clock but now the reality is can't yeah that's okay and I think it's also like and I don't want anyone listening to be like oh no I know for a fact that when you go on your walks up the river you have your phone on you or like Mm. when you're with your fans and family or eating your cheese board you have your phone on you because I do like I snap about it and I put Mm. things on my stories like that but again that's a part of what we do is showing that side of us um and anytime that we do that sort of stuff Again, it's probably us just picking up our phone out of habit, taking a photo of it and putting it back down. Mm. Yeah, you're I'm not, not then, on it the whole no, time. No, just having there, We're not just then in case something there. happens yeah. and you can see it coming through. But yeah. it's not sitting there working the whole time. So yeah. it's nice to take time off exactly. like that for sure. And what about the fact that I find moving into wellness from law, obviously mm-hmm. I thought I'm leaving corporate, I'm going to be so healthy, <laughs> uh-huh. but I actually find it harder to make time for my own health because I'm so passionate about what yeah. I'm doing. So you guys are always doing new content for Kick and like it looks like you're always working out yeah. and being healthy, but do you find it hard to make time for your own workouts? Like I know you guys work yeah. out with Danny <laughs> in the program. Do you yes. do your own workouts outside? Well, it depends. It depends on the week. It depends on our schedule. It depends what's going on. And I think that's something that's been really good for both of us. Mm. So we've been able to let go of that. We used to think that if we like, had you had yeah. to do it and if you didn't do it that day, you'd have, you'd, like it's so bad. And But yeah. now it's like if we have time, we do it. And it's like um, if you don't, when you we don't. relaunched the program, it was, we were in the office so late every night and some days we we're having Uber Eats three times a day for breakfast, lunch <laughs> and dinner. And that is not what we suggest to our community, of course, but we were just making the healthiest choice with what we had. And that's yeah. all people need to yeah. do. You yeah. can't expect to meal prep 21 meals a week and you know it would that's not sometimes it's, it's unachievable it's just, so just you know, do what sometimes you can. your balance as people call it is is off balance yeah and that's okay <laughs> yes. like yeah. 
and there is never going to be a perfect balance. You'll find that when you're spending too much in the time in the gym, you're probably not seeing your friends as much. Yeah, find exactly. that if you're spending time too much time with your friends, you're probably not eating as well as you should be. <laughs> like, you know, so it's about finding the balance that works for you and knowing that it's not always going to stay the same. You know, you're yeah, going to go through busy periods or you're going to go through really quiet periods mm. where you have all the time in the world and you still <laughs> and might not like get stuff done. As. <laughs> all that, yeah. So I think it's just like letting go of that stress of trying to have that perfect balance. But for us, um, exercise does bring energy. Um, and we both do feel on top of mm. our game when we do have it included. So I don't, it's very rare that we wouldn't work out like at least three times a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we're definitely probably not, we used to work out six days a week without question and yeah. we always made time for it. It's a lot harder these days. Um, and as Laura said, so much energy goes into what we do now. Um, and our work pulls so much energy from us it's important to also rest yeah mm. so if we've got like really three consecutive really really long big days i i'm not always going to push myself no, to do a workout yeah. because i'll know that i'll probably end up being at the end of the week yeah exactly. totally well you can consult chapter eight nine and <laughs> oh ten my god you <laughs> are the best <laughs> for fitness nutrition and then um a heap of recipes that you can take home and do for yourself in chapter 10 but the just the last thing i want to cover before um, we finish up is relationships yeah. and that is chapter five so you guys both obviously have fiancés now <laughs> And obviously you have each other, which is amazing, and your families. So how do you navigate making time for your romantic relationships and also your friendship outside of work? How do you guys navigate those boundaries? Because it can be really hard when, you know, you're in each other's faces all the time. And even for the boys to be like, hello, I'm here. Mm. How do you navigate that? I think it's going through a point where you didn't have that navigational balance. Like we went through a point where we were launching – keep it clean up by ourselves and we were doing a lot of stuff um like work was crazy but laura was also living with me at the time <laughs> yeah all so, four of you were living together, yeah, right? yeah all four of us <laughs> were together. so for that time for us i think that was a bit of an eye-opening it wasn't to say oh we couldn't live together because there's no doubt like she's probably one of the only friends that i could live with but because we were so busy with kick at the time, it was really hard to find that line yeah. where we could just like switch off and have fun. We would get home from something and we'd, we'd like, work literally yeah. we'd get home from work and we might have had to go to an event, which, you know, it's work. We'd get home at 1130 and we'd literally be having a finance meeting here <laughs> until one o'clock. We'd be writing all over, like all numbers all over the thing. And, and it wasn't just that. It was like if we were cooking dinner, we might as well be doing a kick recipe. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. We were very much like so let's shooting. take an advantage of every single opportunity yeah. Every yeah, morning, yeah. we were going to the gym together. Yeah. So we were taking so we photos of each other at the gym. Work out. It <laughs> yeah. was just too yeah. much. And so I yeah. think for us... We were kicked out. <laughs> you can't have too much kick, okay? <laughs> From that, we saw that our relationship outside of work needed to be separate. prioritized and separate. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, in the end, we we are best friends. And we never want to, like, lose touch of that. And it's not to say that when we're in the office, we're not friends. When we're we're yeah, still very close. Yeah, you just have different modes. Yeah. yeah. It's like um, Nick and I have the same thing. Sometimes we're a couple. And sometimes I'm like, you're my bloody business partner. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I work with Josh as well. So yeah, it, you know we've it. had to learn how to do that as well. And I've, I've heard you talk about, you know, those kind of like bedroom boundaries and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's really important to mm. touch on. Obviously, there's nights where, you know, you can't help, but you have to talk about work or like things have happened and you just you need to be talking about work. But I think it is important, whether it's Josh or Laura or any other friends who I'm working with, it's about still doing those things mm. that you do love and where you're not thinking about work yeah. and you do have to physically talk about it and be you like do. we Please need stop. to switch off let's yeah. put our phones away 
this dinner is not going to be about work. Like we have to say that out loud mm. and then all agree and then it's fine. Um, unfortunately, that's the case. But like that's just how it is when you, we're all so passionate about what we're doing. Yeah. We all love what we do. So it's hard to switch off from something you love. But it is so important. So, yeah. And you do feel like a bit of a wanker the first time when you like <laughs> sit down with people you're really close to and be like, we need boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're like, this was a good conversation. <laughs> you're like, we need boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so second last question is, just to finish up, what are three interesting things that you never get asked or you never have, get to tell people? Um, and I reckon you should do it about each other. Okay. <laughs> oh God, it's like the newlyweds game. The funny ones. Okay. Um, yeah, funny ones. Are the best. So either like habits or allergies or like tattoos or like funny memories. If anyone hasn't seen Laura's dance move, I 100% <laughs> try and catch her out one day. Regardless of whether she's had a champagne or not, her dance moves don't really change. They just get a little bit more exaggerated. Um, Can you describe them? It's like aerobics meets an un. Like just no rhythm, mm-hmm. um, no, no. <laughs> so like she'll musical. hear the beat and will either go too fast or way too slow. So okay, not, no, never to the beat. Yep, beat of her own but drum. But very, fine. very active. You know, Ooh, instead of arms? doing like a slut drop, she'll do a squat jump. Like you know, <laughs> like it's just not it's sexy. Very, no. no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But even when she like shakes her booty or something, it's like the most adorable little like. <laughs> No. Like she'll just, I can't, it's hard because you see. can't see. You can't see. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll find some biggest, like video and post it. The biggest grin like ever. So her <laughs> dancing is some, the most entertaining, one of the most entertaining things about you, I think. That's, that's one thing probably a lot well, of people, thanks. if they haven't seen it, they wouldn't know that about you. Okay, I got yours. So number one, Steph has the best style that dresses for how she feels. Yeah. So <laughs> Steph will walk into the office and she'll be wearing like the cutest like garden dress with a little bow and I'm like, oh my God, you, you would have felt really like, I'm going to dress like pretty today. <laughs> and then she'll come in like Britney Spears and like, what? Where did this come from? I love it. And it's literally Steph dresses and how she feels. So some of my favorite oh, things about so Steph. Cute. <laughs> um, she only eats two breakfasts really a year, acai bowls and porridge. She like to swap I've that I've noticed, around. even I've noticed yeah. that. Yeah. I'm that's, a creature of habit with food. Yeah, I you're think. a bowl brekkie girl. But yeah. especially yeah. with breakfast, that's like the yeah, biggest, especially with breakfast. biggest thing. But I think that's because it's the one that you want to make the easiest. So once you get into a routine of making something, yeah. it's just like you don't even have to think about it. True. Yeah. Um, oh, another another one. one about you is no matter how often you fake tan, you still get it wrong. Um, <laughs> um, so this one fakes tans. Me. I'm not once a week by any fake tan brand, so I haven't been I don't care. <laughs> you fake tan more than I do, even though Guys, I do an advertising slot. Just yeah. FYI. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've given her the tips that I've learned through Bondi Sands, like you know, moisturize. Make oh sure you exfoliate first. You have to shave the night before. Put moisturizer on your hands and knees and feet so that they don't get all patchy. But absolutely every week she's got orange palms, some knobbly orange knees, <laughs> and orange and ankles. Orange ankles. <laughs> But that's Hot. all right because at least I made the effort to fake tan. So I feel like as long as I'm, I'm like I'm killing it. At least I'm fake tan. I'd rather have orange knees than you know anyway. Then pasty whatever. knees, exactly. Right? Yeah. What about one more thing? One more thing. Um, you're the best present giver ever. Steph is the most thoughtful oh. present oh. giver oh, in the whole nice. world. You are. Steph literally thinks of the presents that you would not even think that you need it and it's the best thing ever oh yeah. i love giving presents yeah. so much more than receiving thing. them i'm so awkward same yes. i'm much prefer giving <laughs> yes well. yeah. and i love thinking about it in yeah, advance like. yeah and i get really excited if i feel like i've yeah. done good i'm like Ugh. and then i give it to them early because i'm like i can't wait to show yeah. you <laughs> 
Um, okay, another thing is Laura is the nicest person I've ever met, except when she's training you. If I like, she just turns. She still smiles, but it's like this evil, like, Smiling you've got to keep doing those burpees. Like, I don't know. I think one day you will pick up PT and you will be doing it. I think you're made for it. But I don't um, like when people, I don't, I don't do a lot of PT. No, like myself. you don't actually don't like get trained. Told. Yeah. You just but like you to like tell people what to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Even when we're like running a group session, she's she'll like, be like, Steph, keep going. I'm like, no, I'm in this. <laughs> At the kick um, app launch the other day, you were like, burpees, everyone. Yeah. I'm like, Laura, no one is and doing Tally burpees. Was like, Laura, stop. <laughs> she has this like evil grin. I know. And it, and it, but a nice smile. So yeah. you're like, Damn it, I'm good at the burpees. Damn it, I'm still like her. <laughs> All right, so very last question, which I'm actually going to turn into like last A and last B. <laughs> so since I love motivational quotes so much, firstly, what is your favorite motivational quote? And secondly, because this is probably going to come out at Christmas, mm-hmm. what is your New Year's resolution for next year? Okay. Um, well, I love the, co- the quote that you said before about the sun and the moon. That's one of my favorite comparison quotes. I also am obsessed with Dr. Seuss quotes, like all Same. of them. There's not really a favorite. There's yeah, so happy. many I love. Yeah. And they're like um, worded so well. They just are. Oh, like just, a riddle. They're so he's simple, great. but they are so meaningful. Mm. And just, yeah. Like even the one, you are you, that's, that's truer than true. Yes. There's no one in the world who's youer than you. It's like, oh, yeah, well, that's right. Thanks. There is no one that's more youer than <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just makes sense. And they all kind of do. Or the one about... Um, you know, how does it go? Minds um, be who you are. And yes, that one. You feel because yes. the people who mind don't matter and the people who matter, matter don't, don't mind. mind. Yes. That is perfect. That used to be my quotes. Instagram bio. Yeah, oh, see, it's just Dr. the Seuss. best. And I used to have that on my desk when I was working in the midnight office. I should probably bring it into the kick office because sure. I'm never at midnight. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think they're so playful and sweet. But when you actually read into them, they're so perfect. Okay, while well, you're talking about unusual solution, I go to the bathroom. Okay. I can't. That's another random thing. Oh, that's there. actually a random thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk about this while she runs off. That is actually a fun fact about Laura. She has, she Small can't bladder. hold on to her bladder. I understand. Like, as soon as she has the idea that she needs to go to the bathroom, if she doesn't go, she'll pee her pants. Um, but I, it's so funny because often in meetings, because I know I can read her body language. I knew she needed to go to the toilet then. Already? Oh, absolutely. Um, but she'll be sitting in a meeting and she'll just be wiggling her bum around or she'll start talking faster. Um, and I'm just like, Laura, ask to go to the bathroom. Just go. Like, I have to like tell her because <laughs> I know her body. <laughs> so is her New Year's resolution going to be like, bladder control well, or like pelvic floor is, exercise yeah <laughs> i think for her she's just nervous about the day she gets pregnant because oh, she's like oh no oh. my bladder's gonna get even worse <laughs> oh my gosh i'm the same but mine's more like as soon as i know that i can't go like yeah. on a bus yes. when we're traveling or something yeah that's true or I'm you get like, stuck in a really go. long line yeah. you're like oh my god there's a bathroom yay and then you get there and there's like 10 people in front of you and you're like oh okay, go suddenly i really need to go or on the way to the airport this has happened to us before in new york or la <laughs> hey <laughs> when you get Get on the freeway mm. and there's no shoulder yeah. anywhere to pull over. Yeah. I'm always like, I need to pee. And yeah. Nick's like, you just pee. It's like psychological because you know <laughs> you can't pull over. Yeah. No trees anywhere. And I'm always like, nah, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Pull over. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's your quote? Did you think about it while you're on the loo? Um, the comparison one. I like that one. The sun and the moon? Yeah. That's cool. which, one are, which one are you guys of the sun and the moon? No. Oh. Who's I'm the, the sun, sun and who's the moon? Although neither of us are night people, so... So you're both the sun. I'm probably the sun. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I can be a moon. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> What's your New Year's resolution? 
Um, I don't like setting, I don't set a lot of New Year's resolutions. Oh. I find that last year I had a bit of a mini, not breakdown, but I, <laughs> a bit of a questioning of myself. When I'm not, I can set things better when I'm under pressure. And because I'm qu- obviously it's more quiet between Christmas and New mm, Year. Mm. I remember last year, I remember I was literally like, what's wrong with me? I have no goals. Am I even doing the right job? Uh, I'm yeah, not even like, I get quiet. in this lost period and yeah. I really thrive under pressure and I don't feel a lot of pressure at New Year's period. So I can't set them. Okay. But I also find that we set them throughout the year. Yeah, and, we do. Um, so, and I find that what I set usually at New Year's doesn't always stick. Yeah. Whereas the ones that you set throughout the year tend to for Stick some reason. Better. Yeah. But I did set last year, I set that I wanted to get into running and that I wanted to <gasps> run five. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to run five really Ks and I did that. Um, and so this year I 10K? am just increasing that to 10 K. Love it. Um, That's a good one. Outdoors though, because I'm, I'm finding that I'm improving my running really quickly on the treadmill. On a treadmill. Yeah. Um, and which is super motivating, mm. definitely. But then I go and run outside and I look at the time difference and I'm like, what? How does that even a thing? So, I do the same. I'm like, I can run three Ks on a treadmill. Cool. Yeah. 500 meters outside. And I'm like, <laughs> you just want to stop. So my goal this year, which as I said, the only reason I'm having this New Year's resolution is because I actually stuck to my last one mm. um, and it is just a fitness goal. So I could really be making this at any point <laughs> um, is to be able to run nonstop 10K outside. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's hard around this area. Yeah, Hopefully it's so really. When, when I was living here, I didn't run outside very often because yeah. the hills are hard. <laughs> yeah, I need somewhere super flat. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, guys, especially you. since you've already answered all these questions twice. No, I feel it's like actually, this you know was a totally different I think discussion it was too. than last time. I did yeah. too. I feel like as we were talking, I was like, I don't feel like I'm repeating myself. No, yeah. I don't think you did. <laughs> I, no one will ever know, but we will. Yeah. <laughs> it was different. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you have an amazing and Chrissy's and New Year's and, and everyone for Christmas go and get the quote book <laughs> oh, <you're amazing>. right <laughs> now <laughs> <laughs> what a powerhouse pair they are just so lovely and down to earth despite all their success in so many industries at such a young age and they're doing such incredible and important work for young women in helping them build their confidence and navigate what is quite a scary and overwhelming world these days with lots of comparison and lots of focus on the visuals so I really admire everything they're doing I think A Girl's Guide to Kicking Goals is an incredibly important book and I'm so glad that they're out in schools talking to young women, you know, right at the start when it really counts and you start to build those skills early on. I, of course, will include links in the show notes as to how you can buy the book, how you can access Keep It Cleaner's app, Keep It Cleaner Grocery and the Keep It Cleaner blog and then how you can follow the two girls, which I highly recommend that you do. They also did a hilarious Christmas workout with old mate Danny Kennedy in full Christmas kit. So make sure you do go to their pages and have a look at that. And of course, if you haven't subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button now. I would so, so appreciate the support and love being able to share so much yay with so many people from all corners of the world. And of course, if you are enjoying this episode, please take a screenshot now, do it on your phone and tag all three of us so we know what you thought of the episode. And of course, the best takeaway from each episode will win one of the CZA quote of the day flip books. And I loved seeing how many people got them for Christmas yesterday. Thank you so much for sharing and for all the love and support. It is just so appreciated. So I hope that you are having an incredible festive season and getting some time off with family and friends and hope you are seizing your Yay.